This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. some intangibles that those projections failed to take into consideration. The crowd was going crazy. There's not much in life that's better than that. You're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys with Mark Willard and Joe Shasky on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. Okay, here we are. Next episode, Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys. Joe Shasky, Mark Willard, Giants 19-12 and 12 sweep the Rockies. I remember the last time you and I sat down and talked. Uh, there was a little bit of fear. There was some relief that they had beaten the Cardinals a couple times. Turns out it's just a ho-hum five-and-two homestand, and the Giants have a record that is one game better than what it was at this time last year. I mean, Mark, I feel really good about the big-time sweep against the Colorado Rockies. We know that the Rockies aren't anything special, but you still got to handle business. And I just think it was a great week for the combination of pitching getting right and hitting getting right and guys coming back. Lamont Wade Jr., uh, Darren Ruff looks so much better. Joey Bart gets a big hit. Crawford with a home run. And then Alex Cobb putting together a really nice start. I'm very encouraged with that. Alex Wood getting off the schneid. I feel very good in Giants landmark. Yeah, the starting rotation, I think, had a really, really nice week. Now, the Colorado Rockies, when they are not at home, average 2.75 runs per game anywhere, let alone coming to uh, a pitcher's park like Oracle Park. But still, that said, yeah, very, very sort of uh, calming week for the starting rotation. Wood looks good again. Cobb now, a couple outings in a row. Yeah. Uh, Junis being added into this fold uh, until De Sclafani is ready to go. I think all of those things felt really good. And we'll get to the lineup in a second, but the other part about the Rockies is you and I talked last week about, boy, the NOS looks like it's the best division in baseball. Everybody's got a winning record. It's still really solid, mm -hmm. but how does the Rockies coming in and looking like they always do in San Francisco sort of change your view on the overall NL West, if at all? Well, I, I just think the Rockies I don't view as a legitimate threat to the, to the San Francisco Giants at any point. I mean, I put them in the same bucket as a lot of teams right now. Overachieving. Let's see how this thing continues to play out. I mean, Mark, you just watched them for three days. They got a lineup with six, seven guys I never even heard of. Yeah. We all know who Charlie Blackman is. I can't name any of these other guys. And so, yeah, to me, they're pretenders. And this was a get-right series for the Giants. I mean, it really was for me. I can name one other Colorado Rocky in the lineup. His name is Connor Joe. Yeah. <laughs> 
hold that thought. Hold that thought because I want to get to my I man, Connor Joe, in a little bit. But you said this off the top. I thought here's the other thing, and this yeah. is in the Giants' favor after uh, the losing seven of eight, mm. and we're watching guys come in and out that we've never heard of. And I think for fans, when you use injuries as an excuse, it's not that it's not a valid excuse. It just kind of exhausts everybody. It's tiring. It's like, okay, yeah. because what team doesn't deal with injuries? you got to find a way to hack your way through it, and the Giants did that at an unbelievable rate last year. So when they're not hitting for a week and you go, well, but there's no belt and there's no Wade and there's no Longoria, it feels like a tired excuse. But, man, did you see or feel how different everything was the second Lamont Wade is, is right there at the top of the order. Yaz is also back, and he's had a really good week. Uh, Belt is back. Even though Longo has only been back for one game, and it, it didn't look that great. Uh, but Wade uh, had a uh, – I think he went four for 12 since he's been yeah. back. He had a home run on Mother's Day. But there's just a presence, again, in the lineup that felt really, really good. And, and, it, and it looked good. It looked good in the box score, too. Yeah, they, they don't have a traditional leadoff man right now. Like, I love Mikey Yaz. I just don't think he's a leadoff guy. Like, to me, I, I want him probably driving in runs. But the way Lamont Wade works a count early in the game and then finds something to drive, I just love his at-bats right now. I, I, I love his presence out there. And, and he's absolutely an integral part of what they want to do at some point. And you just forgot about him. Like, the way it ended last year, he was so quiet in the playoffs and got subbed out because of some of the platooning situations. They desperately needed him. And, look, I know uh, Evan Longoria returning. You know, he didn't knock anybody's socks off yesterday, striking out with runners on early in his first at-bat. But Wilmer Flores needs some time off. This guy, you cannot run him into the ground. And Wilmer is basically leading the Giants in a million statistical categories. I want to ask you about a guy who I've been very critical of, what about Darren Ruff batting 429 over his last seven games? Yeah. What a positive sight coming out of this week. No, he's starting to look more normal. And, and I'll be honest with you, even when it was getting really hard to watch, mm -hmm. I really wasn't worried about Ruff. I take my cues from the organization. They're, they've never been concerned yeah. about Darren Ruff. He's going to hit. We knew that he had a lot of loud outs. Now he's starting to get some soft hits. Those things even out over time. But he also, yeah, he just looks more comfortable. I think for him, you know, he's such a home run hitter that until he had something other than a goose egg in the home run column, you know, it might have been in his head a little bit. He's probably yeah. trying to yank a few out of there. And whether it's a humidor, dead ball, thick air in April and May of San Francisco, I don't know. But he just couldn't get one over the fence. And once he finally did, it, it feels like the floodgates open. But the other piece of the lineup, and this is maybe the bigger issue for everybody to figure out now going forward, I mean, what do you do about Joey Bart? The, 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 the Giants do not have any other options. Great to see him on Wednesday. Thank God. An RBI hit, shot up the middle, but he's still multiple strikeout game mm -hmm. again. And we've reached a different point, which is that now, because you can't hide from it, mm -mm. the organization is speaking publicly to it. They're saying, look, you guys see what we see. There's too many strikeouts. Uh, Kirk Caselli, I, I, who, by the way, is healthier this year than he was last year, is the only other option. And instead of a 65-35 split, I think we rightly, at least for the time being, need to see a little bit more of a 50-50 split 
I'm not ready to give up on the guy by any stretch. No. He's been really good behind the plate. Um, but you, you know, you can't have those empty at bats at the bottom of the lineup each and every game. And, and the lineup has played better when Casali is in it for guys with qualified at bats, meaning the, the, the minimal amount of, of at bats per game. He has one of the highest strikeout rates in major league baseball heading into today. I don't know if that's changed at all, but it's been horrific close to 50% basically. And the, the problem is, is he looks overpowered at the plate. I mean, the, the base hit, the RBI single, it was like, Oh, thank God the yeah. dam's breaking here. I do think with belt back with Lamont Wade back with Yaz in the lineup, Longoria now back, it does take a lot of the focus away from him, but it doesn't change the fact that they're going to have to go to more of a 50-50 split. And with Casale having basically it was a three-hit game the other day, yeah. raising his average from below the Mendoza line to almost 260, yeah, he deserves an opportunity. I'm still a believer. You have to earn these at-bats, Joey Bart. I know you're the second overall pick. We cannot waste games for you figuring it out. So something's got to give here. Well, he's struck out in 47% of his plate appearances, not as at-bats. So Ugh. pretty much half the time he goes to the plate, it ends in a Yuck. strikeout. Here's what I'd love to see from Joey. And, and you know, look, I'm not a hitting coach, but yeah. it seems to me it's 0-2 after two pitches uh. every time. Every time. And that hit that he got uh, in the final game of the Rockies series was the first hit he's gotten in an 0-2 count all year long. And I think pitchers know. Uh, they wanted him to be more selective at the plate, but now he's erring on, on, too far on the side of caution. Mm -hmm. He's taking everything, so the pitcher is up there stealing strike one every time. I'd love to see Joey get a little bit more aggressive again mm -hmm. early in the count because they're throwing the ball right down the middle on him every, every time. Yeah, you're 100% correct. Jump on something. I mean, pick something out and jump on it. There, there's no doubt he needs to make an adjustment. I guess my question is, is there anybody in the minors? Because we saw our back who can play multiple positions. We, we've seen a couple different guys. We know Bailey somewhere in that elite double A currently. Um, is there somebody else that maybe they would bring up and put them on a seven-day IL to just give them a breather? Like, you think that's an option, or do you think they're just going to roll this thing out? I, I, I don't see it as an option right now, except for, as we know, with this team, um, it's not just who's in their farm system. It's who's in anybody's farm system because they acquire people and then let them go That's almost every point. day. So there's always an option. I just don't think there's an obvious one right now. There is not someone who's ready down in the minors. And, and I, I, I think that they would probably hesitate with your suggestion as far as like, give him a break. Um, I, you know, I, I think time to sit there and think about where, where he is, is probably a bad thing. <laughs> He needs to keep getting up to the plate and have some positive reinforcement. But you're right in that it's risky, you know, because that can snowball very, very quickly. We've gotten to a point where it's not just, hey, he's struggling. We've gotten to a point where you're risking embarrassment. You know, yeah. the whole stadium now, when Joey goes up, you're like, oh, God, is he going to strike out? Is it 0-2 right away? And watching him make that walk from the batter's box back to the dugout after yet another strikeout, it's uncomfortable right now. Well, and let's call it what it is. If he's not going to be a player for this organization, well, now, and I hate using this term when it comes to players, but now he is an asset that's depreciating in value. And yep. so, you know, I don't know how many teams are coveting, you know, Joey Bart in a trade. So it's, Dare I say we're entering what I call the Mac Williamson, Gary Brown zone, where 
He's probably too good to play in the minors, but nowhere near good enough to play in the majors. And there's not a lot of value on the open market for them to just next door him. You know, hey, right. we've got we've got this guy for a hundred bucks here. If you can come pick it up and take it off my hands, like I think they're in a really tough spot here. They are, except for you know, we go, what's their option? And I, I mean, their option is Kirk Casale. Like this team can win with Kirk Casale. They've done it constantly, um, and, and you're watching their offensive numbers. Uh, flourish again. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're second in the National League right now in their runs per game. So, you know, behind, of course, the Dodgers. But we've watched it since he arrived. Um, maybe it wouldn't work if you were doing it five times a week instead of two. But this team has been very, very good, very effective with Kurt Casale behind the plate. So, to me, you just keep moving that number, you know? Yeah. Instead of 65-35, get it to 55-45. And quite frankly, if it doesn't start getting better, it flips eventually to 65-35 in the other direction. Well, in full disclosure here, you know, I had him on my fantasy team. And after one week, I was feeling great. And yep. uh, your boy has sat him for the last two weeks. So that's where we're at right now. And it's getting to drop status. Yeah, that's a sit and stash right now. <laughs> and, 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 you know, until you need a roster spot, I get it. By the way, speaking <laughs> of roster spots, before we leave anything Colorado Rockies related. Yes, yes. I just have to say this. And I know that for some people, this will make you roll your eyes. Mm-hmm. But can I just stand up for my man Farhan one more time and tell you Farhan was right when it comes to Connor Joe. He became a punchline. He became who's that? He became the poster child for no move too small. Farhan, that's your opening day left fielder. And because of the pressure, because of the situation in that time, the Giants had to quickly move on and mm-hmm. let Connor Joe go. But let's take a look at what has happened since then. First of all, as a Rocky, both last year and this year, he's now, uh, he, he hit 287, uh, 376, 470. That's his full slash line. Very, very strong. He is now a fixture at the top of their lineup. He is playing a solid first base. We know he's an outfielder slash infielder. So very, very slick to have him over at first base. Um, And, oh, by the way, uh, he beat testicular and lung cancer since he left the Giants during that 2020 shortened season. Three rounds of chemo, and now he's sitting there doing what he's doing. So, first of all, it's a great, great story. But even though it sort of took a minute, Mm -hmm. go back to why he was there, Farhan saw something. Yeah. He was right. I mean, I was using the next door analogy, the way he picks up people and finds these gems, these antiques, like he's antique road shopping. It's pretty impressive. And to come back from any kind of cancer, let alone multiple varieties of cancer and to do what he's doing from a human interest standpoint. I mean, even the the Olympics would love to have a little taste of this particular story. And you got to be pulling for him. He's got great hair. I mean, the lettuce is incredible. Great hair. Yeah. Would have fit in nicely with the giants, by the way, where was that lettuce when he was playing for the Giants, he had the weird batting yeah. stance. He didn't quite have the lettuce. Maybe if he'd had the lettuce, it would have worked out a little bit longer. Um, all right. If you like what you're hearing, make sure you are subscribed to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. All right. The roster gymnastics. Once upon a time, Connor Joe was a part of those. Uh, they continue at almost a hysterical level right now. First off, a couple of updates. Number one, 
Tyler Beattie has officially been claimed uh, by the Pittsburgh Pirates, so his career does continue. It will continue away from the Giants. He is absolutely one of those guys that even now he's in a different uniform now, you're rooting for him. This is a good dude. Um, good dude, and I, you know, I hope I hope he can he can find that that slot that it looked like he was about to have three years ago, and uh, and it just he wasn't able to find it back with this organization. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And appropriate that he's with the Pittsburgh Pirates. I've got this feeling four years from now, the Giants are going to be in on on whatever he's got going in, in Tyler Beatty because it, it's like Jason Schmidt, Vogel song. We've got this affinity for yeah, these pirate castoffs. So I don't rule it out is what I'm getting at. Don't rule out a, a, a prearranged marriage again with the Giants. Well, there's no doubt that Farhan goes to the same well very often. I know those trades are, are well in the past, but there is something going on between the Giants and the Mariners this year that Dude. absolutely deserves a few minutes of our time. Just before you and I sat down to handle this particular episode, we found out that the Giants and Mariners, they have played 31 games. They just completed their fourth trade with one another. And Unreal. this particular trade involves the same player that was traded from the Mariners to the Giants about a week and a half ago. When their roster was a mess, COVID comes through the clubhouse. The Giants go and get a guy by the name of Mike Ford. He did mm -hmm. show up in a big league uniform, yeah. whipped a base hit to, to right field on a, uh, on a weekend afternoon. And then today, now that he's not needed anymore, he had been DFA'd. And they sent him right back to the Mariners for cash considerations. Joe, what this is, event, this is actually doing, the new rules out of the CBA that prevent too much up and down with players Leave it to the Giants to figure out the loophole, which is, yeah, we'll just trade for someone and then trade him back instead of sending up and down. We're going to go this way instead of going this way. I think the baseball transactions IRS are going to audit this situation at some point. <laughs> I guarantee you there will be some sort of rule in place by next year, basically, you know, prohibiting this kind of activity. I love it, though. Quite frankly, I absolutely love it. I mean, let's be real. Do I need to see Kelby Tomlinson go back up and down and back and up and down 77 times to realize he's not an everyday player at the big league level? Like, I, I'm fine with trading guys from other organizations. Like, let's do it. I, I'm here for it. At least show me you're active. Like, that's the thing I will give Farhan. He's always showing me he's creative and he's active. I applaud it. Like, honestly, I, Mark, I'm all about this. I love this. In fact, while we're at it, Let's trade some more. Can we trade you some lawn furniture? Can I trade you some stuff in the 415 section out at Oracle Park? What else can we trade with the Mariners? It feels like that's what they're doing. I mean, with Mike Ford going back, you're like cash considerations. You're like, how much cash? Like $120? Yes. I yes. mean, this is – obviously, it's funky. But I don't even know how you can be mad at it. I mean, Mike Ford might be mad at it. Yeah, he's got I, a big league I, opportunity. I would love to – I mean, we should try to get Mike Ford on just to hear Seriously. about his 10 days. Like, what <laughs> What was this like, my man? Because how many cities have you been to, and, and what has this been like for your family? I'd love to ask him those questions. But the truth of the matter is, anything in life where you're given a set of rules, you got to play by those rules. Yeah. And, uh, and when you find those rules – you're going to use them to your advantage in a competitive situation. So that's all the Giants are doing here. Well, and philosophically, like just my theory on life, shooters shoot. 
Like every, every time closed mouths don't get fed is what my dad used to say, right? I tell the girls that I coach in basketball, hey, look, you got to shoot to score. When you're playing baseball in Little League, your parents come to watch you hit, swing the bat. So at the very minimum, pulling the lever on all these little deals and seeing if they work, I applaud activity. Now, look, I know we're moving things around sometimes that aren't necessarily big pieces, but at least you're doing something. Like, Mark, I, I applaud this. You're, you're aggressive. You're constantly searching. Like, that's the kind of that's the kind of boss I want to work for, isn't it? Like, Absolutely. don't you want to work for someone who's trying to gain marginal advantages every day? Listen, I remember talking to Austin Slater at the trade deadline last year, mm-hmm. and it was TikTok, TikTok. Remember, it was getting to the end. Mm-hmm. The Dodgers had taken big swings. The Giants had not done much yet. There was a lot of movement around baseball. And Austin said directly to me, in Farhan, we trust. In Farhan, we trust. And, you know, it was the next day that Chris Bryant became a San Francisco giant and, and there was your big swing. So we talk about no move too small, but you know, there, I think in the right moments, there are the big ones too. Now there's one other thing though, about one of these trades with the Mariners and it wasn't the yeah. fourth deal for Mike Ford. It was the third one, but actually <laughs> leads to something we need to discuss. Yeah. Um, the player acquired, don't worry y'all. You haven't heard of him. Neither of yeah. no, 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 Donovan Walter and he is an infielder, but he's left-handed. They gave up Prelander Baroa. Now, some of you may have heard of that name. He was a part of the Sam Dyson deal yes. along with Jalen Davis. Now, Baroa was actually pitching very well, um, I think, at the double-A level. He had turned himself into a little bit of a prospect. So that the fact that the Giants gave him up tells me that whoever they acquired matters to them. Mm-hmm. So if they're getting a left-handed hitting infielder and they're giving someone up, I'm going to put two and two together and say something's not right with Tommy LaStella. Yeah, I, I, like we expected him back by now anyway. I think that we might be in for more bad news in the future with Tommy. I think you're spot on here. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Look, Estrada has filled in admirably. I do think he's getting a little overexposed. He needs some time off. I think they would like to spot platoon him at times. And they miss that left-handed bat in the lineup just to kind of switch things up and, and force some late-game decisions once that starter does come out of the game. And it gives you optionality off the bench. And and also, they need they just need another left-handed stick up the middle, I think, Uh it would just be really behoove them right now. So, yeah, I'm, I'm 100% with this. And I do think if you asked me, gun to my head, I hate playing this game, gun to my head, but <laughs> I don't think Lestella plays this year. Yeah. Like, uh, th- this is the kind of move that signifies, I think a 60-day IL stint is probably on the horizon, and that stinks. Well, I mean, you're looking at an injury that first off happened last year. It's an mm-hmm. Achilles injury. We know how bad those are. Wasn't a full tear, but they expected him back at spring training and there was a setback and so he's continuing to rehab but that rehab stint is taking longer and longer and just as you see all of the other players activated Mm -hmm. here comes wade here Mm -hmm. comes longoria they were all down there together and those guys are ready just when you're expecting him to be ready you swing a deal for a left-handed hitting second baseman Uh, again i think that's why we put two and two together and joe you asked me last week is Anthony DiSclefani the first bad yeah. multi-year contract for Farhan? Listen, I never want to criticize a signing of somebody who then struggles because of injury. That would be like ripping the Warriors 
for James Wiseman, even though there are plenty of people who do that. Like, injury is is injury. How can you predict this? But where are you putting the Tommy LaStella signing, which at the time, first three-year deal yeah. that Farhan had ever done. So Tommy is not just this year. He's another year after that. And last year was, you know, it was fine. It had its moments. It was so-so. But if this uh, becomes a lost year and he's moving into his mid-30s, where are we on that deal? This is a tough one. Like, this is a, I think this is a tough one. Right now, it looks bleak. I think that's the way I would describe it. But here's the thing. It's not like they're spending a ton of money on them. Like, it's not that big of a – like, if this was a financial investment like Cueto or Samarja was five years ago where you're like, oh, my God, we got $20 million and then $20 million and $20 million, then yes, look, I'd be at the forefront screaming to the high heavens. I mean, the totality of the deal – was less than what uh, I believe Mark Melanson's single season, you know, yeah. uh, salary was when he was traded a couple of years ago. So, no, it's not debilitating. And they did need veterans. They needed to bring in a veteran at second base a couple of years ago. Who knew they were going to find Estrada from the Yankees? I didn't. Did you? Yeah. No, of course not. I mean, again, uh, these are the, the list of, of deals that have been made where you don't – you haven't heard of the person yeah. – when they get there and then they've turned into something that has mattered mm-hmm. for, for the giants. That's not a short list. You know, Estrada is chiefly on there. Um, you, you know, you, you look at Lamont Wade jr. That's a huge one. Um, and, and then even go to Mauricio Dubon. I Dude, mean, how good Dubon, he been Dubon's been taking haymakers this year. Hey. If we're going to do that, then we better point it out when he swings hey. the bat like Babe Ruth, which is what he did last week. Hey, you know what? He's he's maturing in our eyes. Now, look, I still believe him to be a fourth outfielder, an extra utility type of a player. Yeah. I, I I don't think he's an everyday player. But right now, he's been a contributor, a positive contributor, and his energy. Look, he does some goofy things on the bases. He does some goofy things at the plate. But you can't knock the kid's hustle. I'll give him that. When he goes up there, weird positive things do happen over the last two weeks. So you're right. I got to give Dubon credit. And he's driven the ball for a skinny guy. Yeah. He's got some power behind him yeah. this year. Yeah, he's got a little pop. And then, of course, he does what Farhan loves the most out of everything, which is uh, whenever there is a, a, a need somewhere on the diamond, you could put him there. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's played yeah. center. He'll play shortstop. He'll play yeah. second base. He'll play third base. And so whenever you have that need in a crunch – then uh, that's a, that's a valuable thing to have. Now there's one other thing on this roster that we got to get to is I was really curious what was going to happen when it was time for Longo to be activated. And I think Longo was ready for a couple of days and starting to wonder why aren't the giants activating me? And they had a little bit of a roster issue, which is my guess as to why, because you look at the roster. Now we talk about Dubon. He would have been one of only two players. You would have even thought of shipping out, as of a week ago, but he doesn't even have any options. So Dubon's not going anywhere unless the organization's truly ready to move on from him. And they're not. No. And then he played great this week. So the only person on the offensive roster that you would consider moving out would be Luis Gonzalez. And how are you going to do that? The guy's in the lineup every day. Uh, as far as consistency, he's been their overall best hitter for the yeah. last two weeks. I know he's had some wonky plays in the outfield, some weird stuff's going on out there, but they've said a hundred times, they're like, no, just give it time. This is a really good outfielder. Um, I, you know, what, what do you do? So Jake McGee gets the lower back tightness, 
which when the hell do any of us ever wake up without lower back tightness? So he goes on the injured list, but this is going to still be out there. What if Listella was ready to come back? What if McGee is ready to come back? Who are you going to send out? It can't be Luis Gonzalez. Like right now, I got to keep him. He's versatile. Um, I think his speed is underrated on a team that doesn't have a lot of great base runners. Positional versatility in that outfield. Yes, he's misplayed a couple of balls, specifically in left. Um, but he's got a really good arm. I love his at-bats. He's spraying the ball to all fields. He's hitting breaking balls. He's turning on fastballs. I like this guy. Like, to me, this is a find this year, and I got to find a way to keep him. Right now, in, in terms of hierarchy on how I viewed coming into this year, Duggar out, Luis Gonzalez in. Like, well, just yeah. straight up. You I, know, like, I, I think that's, uh, right, non-debatable. Yeah. No, I, I mean, very, very small sample still. Because let's not forget, you know, I think Duggar came into last year, and uh, I'll be honest, at the beginning of the year, I'm like, this is probably yeah. going to be it. And, uh, and then he did great. He did. He was clutch. He was really good last year. And so, you know, really, really bad timing with his injury. Um, so, but, but yeah, in this moment, the way you look at it, as far as their, their skill set yeah. and, and what they bring to the table, uh, the consistency, there's a lot less strikeout in his game mm -hmm. than there is with Steven Duggar. So I, yeah, I really like Luis Gonzalez. And when you got a right-handed pitcher, if he's going to pair with Wade and Yaz, uh, that's, that's, that's an outfield I can go with. Yeah, and, and again, we talked about Ruff earlier in the show. Thank God he's hitting because that gives you some right-handed protection. It's really just Slater right now as the other right-handed outfielder and maybe Dubon when he plays there. So they don't have a lot of options. Like, it's just – I know people don't love the lefty-lefty thing, but if the guy's hitting, you got to kind of squeeze the lemon for every drop. Yeah, no doubt. It's actually interesting. I was talking to a friend who put a question to Gabe Kapler at the ballpark last week and said – you know, to what level do you all like this platoon thing? In other words, if you had options, yeah. like say the Dodgers, you know, would you rather have everyday players or even in, you know, e even in a perfect world where you got all the good players, would you still just rather do platoons? Is that yeah. better? And he said that Gabe sort of danced uh, throughout the question a little bit. And, uh, and went in a, in a generic way, which, which I totally get. But again, you know, here we are uh, in the absence of being the Dodger lineup, which you can't be that. They've got the second best output uh, in, in the National League. And, and they're doing it with, you know, the guys we, we called boring last week. I mean, they're doing it with Jenga pieces. Boom, 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 boom. I mean, I don't know how the heck this guy does it every day. And I'm talking about Kapler and Farhan. I think both of them deserve credit. And they haven't panicked. You talked about Jake McGee. I am a little worried about him for this year. Uh, over a 9 ERA, over his yep. last 11 appearances. I mean, I'm glad that they threw him on the IL. I hope he's not legitimately hurt with the lower back because that can linger all year. Something's up with him. But they're getting great performances from Brebia. They're getting great performances from Garcia right now. They've had some opportunities out of that bullpen. So as much as we're focused on this everyday lineup, they've tinkered with the bullpen and they've gotten good results. Well, I mean, remember this bullpen was totally up in the air at the beginning of last year. And it was a good, solid uh, month, two months into the season before it started to get solidified. They're all, I mean, if they tinker with their infield this much, they're definitely going to tinker <laughs> with the bullpen. So, uh, so that's always to me, a uh, kind of an evolving thing. Yeah.
Um, all right, Gabe Kapler said some really interesting stuff this week. Before we get to it, I want to let you know you're listening uh, to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast, Mark Willard, Joe Shasky. Make sure you are subscribed and share the podcast with your friends, your family, and everybody you've ever met. All right, so let's get to Gabe. Um, in a classic Gabe way, instead of just sitting in the dugout and going, yeah, you know, we, we think that uh, Brandon Belt uh, has a wonderful eye. Instead of doing that, this guy is starting more and more to lean into just off the cuff, out of the box conversations before games in the dugout. A lot of them go to music. We've seen social issues. And now in the middle of Mustache May, which by the way, I really want to just call May Stash. Why are we not just calling it? <laughs> can we please? Can we just call it May Stash? Why are we using to? I thought this was all about efficiency. Uh, May Stash. Why hasn't anybody thought that. of that yet? I, I have never heard that. I like that a lot. I mean, but I also on. can't grow one, so it's not in my vernacular. Yeah, you're, you're listening to two people that have uh, had maybe a sum total of about nine combined days with facial hair in our lives. But anyway, um, Gabe Kapler dives into Mustache May. And take a listen to the conversation. And the main voice that you'll hear in the background is Susan Slusser, one of our favorites from the Chronicle. But listen to what Gabe Kapler has to say about mustaches and beards. So this is sort of like the, is a hamburger a sandwich? Oh, it's a Question, like hot dog, is that a sandwich? Like where does that, okay, so this is about mustaches, since it's mustache may. And I was talking to some of our players who have full beards. If you have a full beard, do you also have a mustache? No. No, okay, so here's my counter to that. If you go to the barber shop and you have a full beard, the barber may say, would you like me to leave your mustache a little bit longer? Doesn't that mean that you have a mustache? No. I've never heard a barber say that. <laughs> so you say Do you have a full beard? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah. If you want a mustache, just shave off the rest of it. Is that what you're trying to say, Gabe? No. No, no, no. We have a lot of players who, who wear full beards. In my opinion, they are participating in mustache may. So, okay, so what's the line? Let's say you take your beard down to like a very short half or one, but you leave your mustache like Kirk Casale sometimes does, like more Tom Selleck style. Is that then a mustache? Okay, first of all, first of all, the, the authenticity and seriousness with which he approaches this conversation, we need to take a moment to acknowledge that. Like, this was not tongue-in-cheek, poke, poke, poke. Uh, somehow, someway, Gabe cares about this. Like, it felt like I felt that. I mean, this, is a, this is an in-depth conversation that he's been grinding on for about a week. All right, Mark, full disclosure, I said this to you in Crosstalk today. I know who Gabe Kapler's barber is, and I did not know that this sound was coming out, okay? I have had a barber that I've used for many, many years, and I'm going to a wedding this weekend. And so last minute, my wife says, hey, use the O Club, Olympic Club barber, this guy Chris. He's really, really good. Never met him in my life. I sit down in the chair. He's got sports going. He goes, hey, what do you do? I go, oh, yeah, I do a little sports talk. He says, you know, hey, I cut hair for the Giants. I go, wow, you cut hair for the Giants? Yeah, just cut Gabe Kapler's hair. I go, wow. He goes, oh, that man is meticulous. Everything about him is meticulous. And he's, he goes by Cream the Barber on IG, and he starts telling me about all of the 
the intricacies of cutting Gabe Kapler's beard and how serious he is about this. And I couldn't help but be just absolutely in love with how swagged out my coach is. Mark, I love this about him. Like, <laughs> look, we're all a little vain, right? Don't you know this song is about you? We're all a little vain, all right? And so I love that he actually admits it out loud and then goes into detail as, well, if you go to the barber and he's asking you to cut it, you know, he's cutting the specific mustache – I'm ill-equipped to be able to have this discussion because your boy can't even grow a few whiskers. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have to just basically concede to Gabe Kapler here. Well, I, I'm on Team Gabe as well. As much as I love Susan, because I'm gonna be a little bit more, um, I guess, just practical about this, for lack of a better yeah. word. It's not even just let's lean on the people who have the mustache or the beard. Because I'm with you. I tried to like years ago. Um, I was working in LA, height of the Lakers, Kobe Shaq era. Okay. And I decided in a depressed moment that I wanted a Phil Jackson soul patch. And so, you know, we rocked that thing. It came in with some of my grandfather's <laughs> red hair. It freaked everybody out. There was blonde in it, brown, red. We had half the uh, rainbow going on. Uh, <laughs> we got rid of that sucker as quick as possible. So I've never had facial hair again since that time. And uh, so I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm not, I do not have any experience to, uh, to call upon right now, but here's what I do have. Like, if that's not a mustache, if you have a beard, that's, then what are we calling the hair I, that is in between your lip and your nose? In other words, if it's only a mustache, if it doesn't have a beard to go with it, well, then wouldn't the reverse be, um, it's not a beard unless it's got a mustache to go with it. So like if you're Amish and you've only got that, you know, you've got that kingpin look, you've mm -hmm. got that that red and it's just the beard, is that not a beard? Yeah, I'm 100% with you. Like, for example, is the bicep not part of the arm? You, right? Like, yeah, like they're, they're totally apart. It's all interconnected to me. So I'm totally with you. And the way he described it in terms of the barber, hey, you want me to trim your mustache? Like my sideburns or lack thereof, they always go, hey, you, you want me to trim the sideburns? And I'm like, yeah, I want you to trim the sideburns because that's part of my head and part of my hair. And I want yes. that thing chopped off. So I think the analogy completely holds water. I just love Honest to God, I love Gabe Kapler so much. He cares about his shoes. He cares about his jeans. He cares about his biceps. I had Hunter Pence in studio one time saying they did a fitness test with everybody there. He had the least amount of body fat, which is not surprising of at course. all. Yeah. On the whole team. He cares about his pecs. He cares about the world, saving the environment. He cares about community. How can you not like Gabe Kapler? To me, you're just a hater if you're out here ripping this guy at any point. I love this dude. Well, and has anybody flipped the script better than this guy in a two-year period? I mean, uh, I'm sure there are plenty of sports figures in the Bay Area more beloved than Gabe Kapler because he's still new. He hasn't gotten to the top of the mountain, mm -hmm. and he's also not a player. I mean, we're not going to put him on a Steph Curry, Clay Thompson conversation. But this guy, when he arrived, uh, walked into the role already yes. as most hated Bay Area sports figure. Like, this was not popular. No. Um, there, there were questions. There, there was controversy. And there had been lack of team success in his history in this role with Philadelphia. So he walks into that. And then let's go on what has been the two-and-a-half-year journey since then to this point where this guy is becoming 
not just a very successful manager who now Giants fans trust in the standings, but he's becoming a character. He's becoming a person. He's He's a part of the fabric of the community. He's becoming a human being that we, A, are getting to know, and everything, this is what I find, whenever you get to know one thing, you're like, I need two more. Yeah, exactly. I want to talk to this guy. Don't you want to go get a beer, go on a bike ride, Mm -hmm. a hike with Gabe Kapler? I have questions for hours, and I could listen to this guy because the answers, you know, I mean, the answers outside of baseball – quite frankly, are more interesting than the answers yeah. inside of baseball. And we use this word a lot in life. He's a fascinating person. Like if you just say like things that come out of his mouth, like they just, they're either inspiring or they're extremely thoughtful. Not that I agree with everything, but it makes me think. And I appreciate people now that I've gotten older and stuff. I don't want everyone thinking the way I think. I want them to challenge conventional wisdom and maybe teach me some things or stretch me beyond my norms. But I have a better question for you because clearly he's got great facial hair. (laughs) If you were drafting, okay, all-time San Francisco Giants based on facial hair, all right? Oh. Who would be your number one overall pick? Because my sister was texting me and there's somebody right at the top that she's going to go to every single time. Well, okay. See, for me as a fan, I'm going to wrap the facial hair into A, their success. Okay. And B, their identity. Okay. How could I not pick Brian Wilson? How could I not pick, right? How That's could I not pick fan. the guy... Yep. through the last pitch of their first ever San Francisco World Series and literally an entire movement called Fear the Beard yes. was was behind it. So, yes. I mean, you know, the, and, and Romo was right alongside yes. him. Yes, good call. I, I know that, that, like, Wilson and Romo are the opposite of Kapler in that it was unkempt and just huge and all over the place. So if you want, from a manicured standpoint, there's never been anything better than Kapler. But, I mean, B-dubs tops the list. I I think you're 100% correct here. And, you know, there was a time I might have nominated long hair, mustache, Tim Lincecum, though it was very dirtbaggy look. Like, I love Timmy. It just... It's screen 1970s, don't get into his car. You know what I mean? Like, just don't hitchhike with him as much as I love him. And you'd probably see the smoke coming out of that truck as he's driving down the road. But my dad recommended Gary Matthews with the little mustache back in the day in the 70s. I thought that was a pretty good pull. Yeah, he's going back a ways. I mean, uh, listen, if we're we're not just looking at beards, (laughs) I mean, how can we have this conversation and not bring up Shooter? I mean, oh, right, call. right. Good. How, what, Rod, Rod Beck with the swinging arm just the sitting there. Right? I mean, every, oh, we gotta that's go. a great call. If, I mean, like, if we're going to talk facial hairs, that's I think almost all call. of my answers are going to be closers. That's They're all going to be closers. That's, that's so good. Facial I hair looks that. better on a closer than it does on anyone else. Yes, no doubt. Connor Menez had one a couple of years ago that yeah. was just down here and very Amish looking, you know, and, and frustrating. The, the Giants, I'll give them this. I know the Yankees, oh, we don't have any beards and no long hair. Ah. The Giants are known for some of the characters and some of the hairs that they got going. Hunter Pence kind of looked like a garden gnome at times. I mean, I'm here for all of it. I mean, look, and if we're sitting here to circle back to the start, celebrating what I am now calling Maystash, um, <laughs> like how can we not go to the man who would absolutely 
look the best in a Halloween police officer costume because of his mustache of all time and not bring up Jeff Kent. I mean, oh, that's, yeah. if, if we're going to go to the guy that has really made the mustache uh, cool in a San Francisco Giants uniform, I mean, we, it, it starts and stops right there. You know what Jeff Kent is, right? I mean, he's the CHP that pulls you over going one mile an hour faster than you absolutely need to. And he slowly gets out of the car and asks you, hey, boy, where are you going? Where are you trying to get to? <laughs> and he's not letting you off either. No You can, you can spit whatever game no you want. Way. And all he's doing is he's like, the, I'm just – I'm gonna uh, pull out that yellow pad, and I'm 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 only gonna start filling in more boxes the more you talk. You brought up Brian, uh, I mean Jeff Kent, and I, and I just I gotta ask you, like, why why doesn't he get the appreciation not just from Giants fans? Because I do think there's a segment of Giants fans that do adore Jeff Kent. Why do you think the national media just discredits all the numbers he put up? Because he's one of the most feared second baseman hitters that I've seen in my life. And I never see him get his just due. Well, I think my, my quick way of answering that is in, in all ball players in life, uh, to me, uh, from awards and recognition, there is a direct correlation with the way they sort of treat the media. And it's not even to say that he treated it poorly but he just wasn't that warm and fuzzy of a guy. No. And so the media didn't want to talk to him. He didn't want yeah. to talk to them. And so that relationship that leads to those things, the feature stories and the yeah. awards and all of that, they never came. They never came. So all we get is the, uh, the, the rough exterior. I think whenever there are two stars on a team at the same time, that's a good we, point. We always, we always pick one. It's like, we make them competitors. You know, we did it with, uh, Will Clark and and uh, Kevin Mitchell mm -hmm. and uh, and we did it with Barry Bonds and and, and Jeff Kent and obviously everyone's going to pick Bonds because he's the craziest thing any of us have ever seen <laughs> yeah and so and so Jeff was just over there playing second base sort of looking like he was picking up numbers because he he hit right next to Bonds yeah so he I was so clutch yeah that's the he dynamic. was so clutch man he hit the he got the base hit that should have won him the World Series in 02. And, and, you know, we don't, we, the whole story oh, of where we're from there, but that you know hit. We're forgetting, we're forgetting early nineties bonds with the, with the mustache. Oh, he, he, had got, he had it too. He had it big time. He had it too. Cross and, and, and then the wristbands, him and Dusty, the matching wristbands with their own cartoon face on the double wristbands from yep. Franklin. Yep. Oh God, I miss those looks. It's a great combo from two guys whose faces look like JT Snow. Like, I mean, just could not, <laughs> could not be smoother. Right over here, left, right, middle, center. This is um, the single A Giants look right here, the, totally. not the Major League Giants. We're look. trying, we're trying to look <laughs> as young as possible. Um, all right, Giants heading on the road, St. Louis, Colorado. We'll be with you, of course, twice a week. So, next episode will come out late on Sunday for Joe Shasky, Mark Willard. It's been the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Make sure you're subscribed, do not miss any episode ever. Another episode coming Sunday night, Monday morning.